I'm pumped about today's podcast. I have Dr. Jacob Harden here, 554,000 Instagram followers, no booty, sports Cairo out of Florida. We're going to talk about movement medicine. How you going, mate? I'm doing great. Nice. we got Wade Farmer from Chocolate Box uh, Gym as well, down in yeah, Manly. You do two podcasts, you get chopped liver. Oh, anyway, we came to talk about movement medicine. Let's get started. Let's go. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Today's podcast is brought to you by Triandrabol. Feel invigorated and perform at your best in and out of the gym with Triandrabol Test. Ideal for anyone looking to naturally increase testosterone levels to help you train harder, improve strength, reduce body fat and boost libido. One of the most potent formulations on the market, loaded with high quality therapeutic ingredients, Triandrabol is for both men and women wanting to improve their physique. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy and healthy today. I'm really excited to have Dr. Jacob Harden on. How are you, mate? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, man. I can't wait to do this one. Wade from Chocolate Box, the massive gym out at Manly. How are you doing, guys? Beautiful. We're here to talk about movement medicine. What does that mean, guys? Like, and one of the things that really excited me when I was reading some of your prep notes on this is the implementation of active before passive treatments. Yeah, so active is kind of that movement medicine is talking about like movement is medicine. And really it's just this approach that exercise is healing. Exercise is the thing that keeps us healthy. Exercise is the thing our body needs. And we have the ability to kind of keep ourselves going as much as we possibly want to. And so you're over here to do a series of seminars on yeah. movement medicine. Is this the right title we're using here? Yeah. So I, I'm over here in, t- over here in Australia for the first time mm-hmm. and nice. doing a series of three, four seminars, which we call Prehab 101. So Prehab being this like using training as a way to stay healthy. Yep. And so we're talking about that aspect of it as well as rehabilitation and going to be heading down to Melbourne next before hopefully getting back over here in October to do another one with you guys. Nice. When's the one in October? October 12th, 13th. We're in Sydney, That's heading cool. over to Perth. Is that on... your place? Yeah, it's back at Chocolate Box. Nice. Yeah, and we'll be over at Perth on the 19th and 20th. Nice. So before we rip in, your Instagram account is at dr.jacob.harden. Yes. 554,000 followers. What have you done? All booty pics. Booty pics? <laughs> yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah, because that's going to get... Isn't yeah. that the thing that works? You can't have over half a moon without a booty shot. No. I'm definitely going to go check that out later, see if there was one. <laughs> Scroll way, way back. Yeah, yeah, right <laughs> back to the early days. Yeah. So you started with a Bachelor of Science in Human Biology and you focused on cell and molecular biology out of the University of Texas. And then you went on to do your doctorate and chiropractic degree from Palmer College. Yes. What would make you go from doing cell and molecular biology to become a chiropractor? Well, it's, you know, you have a bio degree. What are you going to do with that, right? You got to go into medicine, basically. Yeah. So it the cell and molecular bio thing, that was something that was just very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And it was the way the degree was set up was human biology was technically the degree that I was in. And that gave me all my prereqs for medical medical school, which was kind of the plan at the time, yep. which also happened to give me the prereqs for chiropractic school. And then I kind of got to go into that cell and molecular aspect of it for a few electives yep. and that kind of gave me that little emphasis there because it was very interesting. Nice. So you're not like a 60-year-old man on a wheelchair who's clocked up 554,000 Instagram followers at the time. <laughs> You've obviously done something pretty exciting to get to that level. What? what t- tell us a bit about yourself. Well, what do you want to know? I mean, like, that's why we're here, right? What, I can help. How does a chiropractor get half a million Instagram followers? Like, what are you doing in the marketplace? What are you doing in the industry in the US that's so exciting? Like, that's massive. So I try and make myself obsolete okay. is kind of how I describe it. I try to like the way we introduced Wade yeah, before. Yeah, like okay. you know, because yeah. he okay. is obsolete, right? <laughs> <laughs> is that how we went about this? You, yeah, come on, mate. We're just jumping right <laughs> in. Just catching uh, right well, on. Hey, I yeah. like it. No, you're so, gonna fit in Australia really well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's gonna. He so, already said he loved the Gold Coast, so we might try and find him a spot. So, while he's so here. fun story. I literally got made fun of by an Australian, like literally within 30 minutes of that showing up. That means I like you. So, yeah, that, that's yeah. what I've heard. So I feel like I fit in now. I'm you're one of us. One of the people. Yeah, yeah. So I make educational videos on rehabilitation, how 
to kind of take yourself through the process with exercise, which is what I prescribe mostly to my patients, in order to just get back from from an injury or from pain in order to get yourself back to full function. Okay. So I started maybe two and a half, three years ago, putting these videos out on the Instagram platform, just walking people through an exercise, kind of giving the context behind it, why awesome. you would do that. And people want to get better. Mm. People want to help themselves. And people have a lot of self-efficacy out there. They just maybe don't know where to start. So for me, it was just, hey, here's the tools to kind of get started with that. And bang on, people wanted that. Nice. Before we rip into some topics of interest that you guys came up here to talk about, can we just talk about chiropractic medicine itself? Sure. As in, and I know that's a bit off topic here, a lot of people either love it or haven't done it. Like there's a real, in Australia, I don't know mm-hmm. what the States is like. Why would someone in the fitness industry who's training regularly want to see a chiropractor? You know, it's... You're the first chiropractor on too, so I'm going to ask that question. So. Ah, ah, all right. Set the, got, got to start with the, the best. So it's one of these things to where it really depends on the person that you're going to see. Mm-hmm. It depends on what you're looking for out of it and, you know, who the athlete is too. So being a chiropractor, we have a large scope of practice in that I think a lot of people just associate it with the adjustment, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like as most people say, like cracking the bones. Yep. Uh, but you, we also do rehabilitation. You can get soft tissue therapy. There's a lot of stuff that is actually within the scope beyond just that. And so like my practice is mostly active care. It's mm-hmm. mostly the rehabilitation. I've kind of moved away from adjusting people. So people will definitely come to me for that aspect of it versus like we were kind of talking beforehand, you love to go in and kind of get the adjustment oh. whenever the next feeling a bit tense and yep. stiff and sore. And there can be a really good way to kind of alleviate symptoms and just feel a bit better as well. So that, you know, if you're dealing with any of that, you know, you might want to go and find somebody who can give you that adjustment. If you're looking okay. for somebody to help, want to help you rehabilitate an injury and get back to full function, that's side, then you need to find somebody who can do that for you yeah, okay. too. Nice. Hey, let's rip in. Let's talk about prehab. Right. You brought that up early. What is prehab? I mean, it's not a term I hear thrown around a lot. No, I guess prehab, I'll throw to Jake because that's kind of what you've marketed the whole course with. And then from there, we can kind of go through the stages as to yeah. where you go from prehab, how does that lead into rehab if it's necessary, and yep. then before finally getting to performance because they're all intertwined. Yeah, perfect. So prehab is kind of a term that it comes from the term preoperative rehabilitation. Okay. So people would go into, people were going into surgery, they would go through a rehab process first. They go to physio or PT, physical therapy over in the States in order to what we call build the capacity of whatever that area was they were going to get surgery on, basically strengthen it up as best as possible. Because usually the better you are going into surgery, the better you will coming Coming out. out. So that was what prehab was, that preoperative rehabilitation. In probably the last five, 10 years, it kind of became synonymous with like the injury prevention term. And you saw it flip in a lot more there, but it kind of took on this role of like, well, if I just do face pulls for my shoulder, then like my shoulder will never get hurt. So it kind of became (laughs) these like small, low load, not really doing a lot for you exercises at times. And so we've, the way we market it and the way it, what it means to me is increasing the capacity of the system as high as you possibly can or need to in order to live life, stay healthy. So it's like strength training, right? And within that, making sure that you are staying healthy in the process. So how do we bring in recovery into that? How do we bring in nutrition into that? How do we bring in your programming into that? And really it's this all encompassing thing, whereas we say, yeah, it's training, but it's also training encompassed with your recovery, the programming, all taking all that into account in order to stay injury free as best as possible. So why are you guys interested in prehab? Well, look, it's a big part of what we do over at Chocolate Box, trying to make sure that because we're training people to such a high standard for anything, be it goal orientated training, if they're in the adventure stuff that we've spoken about before, if they're genuinely like athletic performance clients that are, you know, sport and performance is their job, then making them as injury resilient as possible is the primary goal some of these athletes are worth a lot of money i know that i sat in and did jake's prehab seminar over the last couple days and a lot of that stuff really rang true to us because you know we're working with people if i take the example of the adventure guys we've got like 110 people just in that group on a range of different adventures they'll be doing anything from sort of hikes to the everest marathon they'll do kokoda that we've spoken about before all these different things in some of those cases like those can be pretty hairy feats and in the case of the Everest Marathon your fitness can be a matter of life or death you know like you, you get up in altitude and if you haven't prepared appropriately for that you know it you can do some serious damage so doing things like Jake's prehab course where we're learning right, how do we you can't completely like 
it doesn't matter how much strength work you do. I think you said if you're going to roll an ankle, you're going to roll an ankle. Yeah, you yep. can't prevent injury. Yep. Well, we don't prevent injury. And like I'll always use the example like you can do all you can do all the strength training in the world, but you can still roll your ankle. You can still take a fall, right? So we don't prevent anything. The better term is reduce your risk of injury. And kind of as you said, it's preparation. Yeah. Like that's what the whole goal of all this is. It's injury mitigation, really. Like yeah. you're, you're doing your best to mitigate what could come about. So taking those on board and then putting them in a setting where it's like, well, let's let's get you resilient and then let's make you perform. And then 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 you're on your own. Then, you, then you've got the best chance that you can have at achieving the goal that you want to achieve. So prehab is part of that resilience process? It is the resilience it, process. Uh, yeah, it I is. would say that it's kind of is the resilience process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of really, it's hard to, rem- you can't really remove it from the performance aspect at all. It's just part of it. So step us through your seminar. What type of topics do you talk about? What? So we go through two days. Mm-hmm. The first day we focus more on, I would say, the foundational uh, sciences behind how we set up a training program, what kind of how do we create different adaptations in the body? So how much intensity do you actually need to be using? How much weight on the bar do you need to be using if you want to get stronger versus what do you want to do if you're trying to build endurance? And then we get into things like some certain metrics that are very um, good for us to be tracking, such as your training volume, how much work are you doing, and how we can look at that and how fast that's progressing in order to make sure that we're not running into like doing way too much too soon, more than your body's prepared for, Um, making sure that you're not running your recovery into a hole. So we have some metrics that we can run on with looking at recovery. And so we focus a lot on that aspect in the first day. The second day, we kind of flip the script and go into rehabilitation. So now someone's already injured. How do we bring them back to full function? Because really, it's not terribly different. It's a preparation process. Again, at the end of the day, you're just trying to find that starting point for someone. So like whenever we have somebody new client for training, right, we just we need to find what is their baseline starting fitness level, right? And then we need to know, well, where am I trying to take this person, right? What what do I need to prepare them for? And so over here in fitness and in training, that starting point's largely determined by physical ability, fitness, maybe how quickly they get fatigued or whatever. In rehab, it's the same thing. You finding that starting point, it's just now symptom tends to be the limiting factor. And then we look for, well, where do I, what do I need to prepare you for? What do I need to bring you back to being able to do it? Whether that is high level sport or whether that is going out just getting a surf or whether that's just you know getting back into the gym and working out or going for a walk whatever Um, we need to be able to prepare you along that process so it is just a preparation process at the end of the day it's just adding in a symptom so we try and relate it back to what we just covered in that first day how we're going to use all that how we use exercise first as our first line treatment and then go through a range of different conditions that we will see day in day out nice and mate how did you i mean obviously the seminars are sold out it's something people are really into what is Prehab, is your team really embracing that concept? Man, we had... So Jacob had so much interest that we had he had to hold two separate courses over the same yep. four days. Nice so work. Saturday, yeah. Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday. We had a big chunk of our uh, staff jump in on the Monday, Tuesday one. And as a result, because it was stuff that really resonates with who we are and what we're about, you know, we, we want to build strong, resilient people. They don't all have to be athletes, but if we treat them like athletes, I think that they get the best possible opportunity of achieving their goals, whatever they be. We are goal-orientated at the end of the day day and everything we do down at CBT. So having our coaches skilled up on the knowledge that, you know, knowing when to refer out, we spoke about that last time with Clint here, where we were talking about, you know, staying in your lane and knowing when it's outside of your scope and when you need to refer back, but also having the, the confidence and the knowledge yourself to know, I can do this. Like, yep. I, I, I can look after this. Once once this person has a diagnosis on their problem, and I know what it is, doing things like Jake's course really help PTs and S&Cs to be more independent, you know, be able to do things with load management, be able to know what exercise prescription to put in someone's program that has a dicky shoulder that clicks every time and they're getting some pain when they surf. You know, things like that are putting the power back in the industry so that we as a whole grow rather than putting your hand up and being like, oh, I don't know, I'll just fake it. No, I love that. Oh, that's excellent. So I'm going to harp on prehab for a little while because I love I love the word itself. I haven't actually heard it a lot, to be honest. Nice nice bump yeah, in the sorry, mic. Sorry, my chest is too big. <laughs> you saw it on, mate. You can do better. <laughs> just when we 
talk about that. You talked about the programming and, and teaching people. What is a prehab program? How long does it take? How do you work? Is everybody now a prehab client that walks in the door? Like what, what is prehab? You know, it's, it, I think everyone is just because it's just your, it's just your strength training program Yep. or it could be your running program. It could be anything that you are doing. It's more of this. It's not necessarily something that you're going to run as a specific program it because just life preparation, whether that is for sport performance, whatever it all goes into it. It's more of this overarching concept that I'm focusing on the process of staying healthy as I go through that. Yep. That's more what it is. This is the overarching concept of that, of not saying I need to hit a PR in three weeks. Why? Yeah, exactly. Like, no, you're not prepared to do that. You haven't put in the work for that. So instead you're going to set up a well-designed program to get you there over the next 12 weeks, because that's when you'll be ready for it. And here's what my body can handle right now. So here's what I'm going to do right now. So understanding that and then working within those boundaries and those means and slowly just trying to push that ceiling higher. Like we all have a ceiling of what we can do. And I don't know if I've mentioned this in the course over the weekend, but like we never get rid of pain. Pain will always be there. You can always push yourself hard enough to cause pain. All we're really trying to do is just raise that functional ceiling to a point that like you can just do anything you want to do and it won't happen. Like that's what we're trying to do. So this overarching concept is push that ceiling as high as possible, stay healthy in the process so that you don't run right on through it. Yep. And you get to the end of it too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like really powerful to hear like prehab is training for life and then everything else on top of that. Like if you have specific goals, you're a power lifter, you play rugby, you play AFL, whatever it happens to be, then your performance stuff fits in around that. But when you're not training for specificity, I think prehab is always the goal. Like we, we just don't want to get hurt and yeah. we want to keep improving along the way. Stay healthy. So outside of industry people that are starting to preach prehab, say a 35, 40 year old executive walks in, wants to start training again. Should they be looking for people to talk prehab words when they're starting their training program? Should they, and say, say they just want to lose five or six kilos, they're going to use traditional everyday mass market person. Should they be considering things like prehab? Like obviously I've got a PT, I've done a cert for diploma, you've done all that stuff too. The screening process is pretty simple that I was, I'm, I don't train people, so I'm very out of date in that area. But back when I did my course, it definitely wasn't a long process in the pre-screening of what's going on. Yeah. It was pretty much let's rip in and that's why I don't train people. Right? <laughs> but so is prehab now part of your pre-screening of people that walk in, everyone who walks in the door or is it just athletic populations that you're playing in this area? Uh, no, absolutely. I think a big part of I mean, even the programming and periodization course that Clint and I run, we work a heavy screening process into that because you're right. Like PTs that come out of school, we spoke about this on the plane on the way over here. It's it's no no country has it right. You know, there's just no solid systems in place to set brand new trainers up with the tools that they need to genuinely screen people for things like risk of injury or even know like to identify a problem and say that doesn't look right, but then know the exercise prescription and stuff on how to fix it or at least get them moving better where they're less likely to injure themselves with the patterns that they've got. So combined with the tools that Jake uses in his course where it's really kind of taking things from a scope of healthcare professionals and then putting them into a system that can be used by trainers and stuff alike, we'll build that into the screening process that we already have for the guys so that everyone walks through our door that gets looked after by a PT is guaranteed to be screened in these processes and then they'll have a program that's built for them based on the movements that they go through. So everyone's getting the same treatment, whether they're high-end athletes or the guy who walked through the door that wants to lose six kilos. Nice. So look, I won't harp on prehab too long, but I am going to for a little <laughs> bit longer because I, I love the term, I'm sorry, and I think there should be a lot more of it in the industry. And, and speaking about the industry, how do, I mean, you're, you're talking to, I guess, doctors, physios, mm. other chiros, S&C guys, PTs. Mm. Do they care? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, they care. It's because everybody can take something from it. So everybody has their own niche. Everybody has their own, the thing they're best at. So like coaches, whenever they come to the course, they understand programming typically very well. They understand volumes and intensities. Like they know that side of things. Maybe they're just not super confident in managing managing a client that has symptoms. Maybe they're not necessarily confident in how much can I push this person? 
how, when do I draw them back? Or, you know, is it within my scope now when this person has knee pain to well, how much can I work with them? So we try and provide some clarity on that as far as giving some guidelines on maybe how would you go about choosing an exercise for a client that has a symptom and how might you progress that client. But on the flip side, like clinicians, we understand, we understand symptoms, we get that. But if you don't have some sort of SNC background or you haven't been a meathead for most of your life like me, then you end up. <laughs> well, you can all relate. Oh, that's cool. yeah. yeah. You got a bench press in your office, Greg. Yeah. Can you want the dust off it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, but if you, so if you're not a meathead like I've been for most of my life, then maybe you don't understand just how hard do I have to push. So a lot of like common narrative that you're going to hear is like, well, your back hurts because your glutes are weak. And like that's shaky at best mm -hmm. to begin with. But let's say that the glute is weak. Well, what do I need to do to make it not weak? It's probably not clamshells for sets of 30, right? It's probably not that volume. It's probably not body weight or goblet squats for a well-conditioned athlete. Yeah. That's not strengthening anything. There's a certain level of intensity that we have to push to. So that's a major concept that we try and get across, especially for our clinicians, is that if we're gonna create adaptation, if we're going to actually push the ceiling, right? Was that is the actual goal is push the ceiling, then we're going to have to make it hard, we're gonna to have to make it difficult. And we're gonna to have to train at that certain threshold. So for all my clinicians out there listening, that's going to be 65% one rep max or greater typically in order to actually get some something of a strength adaptation. Okay. And so that's going to probably correlate to 12 15 rep max, mm. most likely somewhere yeah. in there, which means they that client's going to need to be reaching failure, they can't do more on that exercise by the time they start to reach that number. Otherwise, we're not necessarily training strength as much. Maybe we're training a little more, because well, it's strength endurance, it's kind of on a spectrum. Yeah. You're more to one end, you're more to the other. So you're probably training either more into endurance or you're just kind of improving kind of the brain. You're improving the tolerance of the system to where it's making them feel better because they're doing the exercise, nice. which totally has its place. <clears throat> but if you're going to return an athlete to the field, if you're going to return somebody back to sport, you know, you can't just make the pain go away. You have to prepare them to do that. Otherwise, we're going to continue to see these super high re-injury rates that we don't want to be seeing. And so that's where, you know, your in-stage rehab cannot be, oh, it feels better. Your in-stage rehab needs to be, oh, you're now prepared and you're stronger and that tissue is ready to get your to get all the way back onto the field and perform at a high level. And so that's what we want to bring in for our clinicians is kind of bridge them into that SNC side of things because not every clinician has a great SNC to refer out to. Just yeah. like every SNC doesn't have a great clinician they can refer out to. So they need to understand how to manage symptoms a little bit better too and make modifications for their clients' training so that we can continue to train day in, day out. Yep. Well, this nice. is super refreshing because it's yeah, it stuff is. that if you know anything about these concepts, you understand like banded exercises are not enough to overload a movement to the end where you're going to keep yourself from injury. They're a good starting point for a lot of people, you know, and then depending look on great on Instagram. Just, and they do look great on Instagram. Do you do many in your 554,000? Actually, I use bands all the time. See, actually, there you go. <laughs> Actually, if you want to get your insy up kids, bands, exercise, bands, bands, they look good. <laughs> but you know, but we use them in the concept of warm ups yep. a lot of times because they are going to be very low fatigue. They're going to be something you can do a lot of reps with, get a nice burn, get a little pump, yep. and they have their purpose for that. Maybe for someone who's not very well trained, they could definitely be overloading mm. in that case. And so maybe they're a great starting point at, for strengthening for someone maybe who's working at it as a home workout program right? That totally has their place, but you're going to reach a level where they're probably not going to be it anymore. You're going to have to provide some external resistance. You're going to have to pick up something heavy, right? I don't care if that is a kettlebell barbell or a rock in your backyard, but you're going to have to do something in order to push the system more eventually. And speaking of change and pushing, is this prehab concept being reassessed every number of weeks as part of the programming of an athlete? Like, is it something you step back and go, okay, we've hit that eight weeks or that six weeks of this program are you then what's well, constantly like like we said before where you're looking at things like training volumes and looking at sort of intensity and load and things like sorry intensity and volume and things like that so without overloading it you can't get stronger you, yep. you like you know you, you're going to stay if you keep doing the same thing with the same band for the same amount of reps how can you expect a different result you know and this is these are the things where you have to train to the amount of load that you're exposed to in a day-to-day -day. i would imagine that if so you're say, say sorry i mean to cut you off no no 
Okay. Say we've been through the program mm-hmm. and we're kicking goals, we're, we're really happy with where we're at and level two to simplify where we're at. Is it a, is it a prehab again? Is it building resilience again? And is it then programming or is it once you've hit prehab, you're pretty much on the, the trail to wherever you want to go? Well, so I know that's a stupid way to say no, it. No, 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 it's no, all right. It's all I'm good. trying to dumb it down for the everyday people this like myself. Is, this is why I say it's an overarching concept yep. because it's continuous forever in that, well, let's say that you hit a certain goal at the end of your six weeks of your whatever strength training block you were doing. Yep. Well, what do you do next? And not, that's what I'm exact, that's not, the exact time you, I'm talking about Yeah, now. so do we just not train? Yep. Well, no, we just keep going. Yep. We just keep doing something else. Now, this as we go along, we need to make sure that we're not jumping too far ahead. We need to make sure that we're backing off whenever our body tells us to. And that's kind of that overarching concept that I'm talking about and that it is the training program. It is the performance program. It's just the concept of staying healthy within that. So let's say that you finished up that six week block of training. And let's say that you were doing 12 sets for your quads. Yep. Right. So you were doing 12 sets of work. That's your volume of the quads. Well, because 12 sets is typically what you're adapted to, we'll say that's your average. It's probably not best to start that next block of training by adding in a third and fourth day of quad work and jumping your total sets to 20. You're probably just not ready for that yet. So say we're ready to switch training programs a little bit. Like we're kind of bored. We're kind of stale with it. We want to integrate something new. Well, this is where we can take a look at how much was I doing over here? Because this is what I'm accommodated to. This is my body is adapted to and ready for. So let maybe we boost that 10%. We're ready for, we can try, maybe we give ourselves a little bit of a 10% buffer and we were doing 12 sets. We're now going to give ourselves 13 sets, maybe 14 sets. And we're cool with that. We split that across. However, we decide to do our new training program, maybe that we were at two days a week. Now we're moving to three days a week. So we were at six sets a day. Now we're going to move that more towards four sets a day because we're going to make sure that we're not jumping into that, you know, oh, now I'm doing 20 because I added that extra day of work in, then you're excessively sore, then your knees start hurting. And really because you just jumped into doing too much too soon. Yeah. If you didn't have an idea of what you were doing in the first place, how are you supposed to know what you, you know, how to, how much you can push forward beyond that? I think we should like be really clear too, that prehab isn't rehab. Yeah. Like they yeah. Are, oh, we're going to get into rehab and that's yeah. what I'm really trying to get to now. Yeah. I yeah. really want to hammer home prehab because I, I, I said it 10 times already. Mm. It'd be a habit if I say another 11, but <laughs> it's something that I really love to hear about about in the industry and I really want people to understand what we're trying to say here because to me I'm still skating on okay I get what prehab is is it something that's repurposed is it re-looked at Mm -hmm. is it the initial process and you you nailed that just then and what you said to me so continuous process you're not hurt you don't want to get hurt yep right and another concept that we need to bring into that though is if someone does feel pain if someone does run into a little bit of a roadblock it doesn't mean it was all a failure right because the the thing that determines whether you're injured or not is just how disabling is it for you? Like we all kind of get a little sore. We all kind of wake up randomly and our knee hurts a little bit and you just kind of, you know, you truck on. Mm. So you didn't, you're not injured, right? You're not really injured. You can move on with that. So we're trying to stop the big bad stuff from happening where we have to miss two weeks out of the gym because, you know, we tweak something where, but also if something does hurt, like you assess the situation, you're like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to back off a little bit. You listen to your body a little bit. That fits into that overarching concept because it's about keeping yourself moving and active and all that. And that is that overarching concept of prehab in that it's all of it. It's all of it that we need to do to just stay healthy in the process of improving our performance or whatever life goal you have. Let's just walk through the life of a PT and then we'll let this go and we'll talk about rehab, which is what you guys are ripping to get keen to get into. I'm a PT. I've been to your course. I love the word prehab. I've got a client's come in, not an athlete, just an executive or a office worker that wants to hit a goal of going on one of your events or whatever 12 week program every time i see them how much time am i spending on prehab because obviously someone walks in how you going high five let's go here's your program let's start like i assume the prehab part and you keep talking about is assessing and talking so how is that done from a pt perspective not a, not clinical but from a pt level on a session to session basis so i think you said that they'd be they 
walking in, but then eventually the goal is to get them onto one of the more specific goal orientated programs. Like- oh, let's just say you've signed someone up for 12 weeks. Keep it really simple. You mm-hmm. sign up 12 weeks and it might be, I want to lose a few kilos, get fitter, kick the footy with my kids, whatever it is. Okay. It doesn't need to be walking up a mountain and stuff. Mm. So they've come in and you've gone through the prehab process, built a bit of resilience, told them they can lift a little bit heavy. Don't be scared to get under a bar. The type of things that people are nervous who walk into a gym about, the everyday people. So you're now, you've, you've been through that process and you've got a program in place and you think, and you've discussed it's eight to 12 weeks, whatever it is. So you might be seeing them twice a week. Cool. Okay. So how does it look for a PT? Because I'm trying to get this to at the the basic, because PTs are the volume of people we're talking to here at the sure. moment. So someone comes in, how much time or what type of things are you saying they should do leading into a session? Because we've all trained with a PT. You rock up, like I said, high five, how are you feeling? I feel good, mate, let's go. Mm. Is that it? Is that part, is that enough in that prehab programming you're talking about? Or are you assessing how did you feel? I would say that, look, the pre the prehab is the programming. So yep. if they're seeing me twice a week and let's hope that they're at least at the gym another two days without the presence of their PT there, yep. at least on those two days, their program would be entirely based around prehab work, keeping yep. them injury resilient and stuff. There's nothing to say that that program cannot still achieve performance goals for them. Absolutely. If they want to squat more or deadlift more or bench more, be able to run faster, we can still build that in as a kind of goal that's still in touchable distance. And then the other days they're fitting in their runs and their swims and everything else that they like to do, maybe the cross CrossFit type classes and stuff. But in the days where they've got heavy guidance by a PT, those are the days where they would be doing their prehab work. They're doing those sort of overloading concepts and they're making sure that they're backing off when they need to back off. It's not just a check in, how do you feel? Yeah, we're good to go. We're going to smash it today. It's proper programming that's periodized well by that trainer who knows what they're doing. Yeah, I think that's important that, you know, improvements in performance are pushing that, is that push of the ceiling, right? If you're not improving your performance, then how do you know that you're actually getting better, right? We don't just take it on faith. We need some sort of objective marker. And that's why, you know, there is no prehab program. There are performance programs, right? There There is performance training. That's what we do. You know, I call it prehab 101, but that's only because, you know, staying injury free through strength training and positive mindset 101 just wasn't really taking off. So <laughs> we, needed, we needed some sort of marketing term. So you can't wait. Yeah, yeah. it's too long. What, what did we speak about characters last time? It doesn't you know, we're going to have to come up with some sort of acronym. And, yeah. you know, obviously we love the prehab terms. Yeah, so. <laughs> I do. I'm all over it. I'm like a t-shirt made. So as <laughs> You're in the, business. What, the way I would see it from the PT standpoint is, yes, you say, hey, how are you feeling today? That could actually, that's a really good start. Hey, how are you feeling today? Because well, let's take three scenarios. You have a client who comes in and they're, you know, feeling average. Cool. They're probably ready to stick with the plan that you put in place because the plan was part of it. And now they're ready to stick with the plan. But what what comes in if they're stressed and they haven't slept well mm. and they're feeling a little trashed? Yep. Do you stick with the plan or do you as the PT say, you know what, maybe today's the day that we need to scale back a little bit to make sure that we don't overly fatigue and already fatigue system? Or what com- what happens if they come in? They're like, wow, I'm feeling so freaking good today. And they you go through your warm up sets and you get to that first working weight and it's like, nah, it feels like it's so light. Well, do we just like make them barely feel like they're working today? Or do we say, you know what, today's the day we can push things a little bit yep. and we go through that. So we try and maximize on the fitness gains, you know, and but we also try not to, we try to make fatigue hold in check. So that's part of it. You can get into things like what we call RPE or rating of perceived exertion. So we've all kind of done this. How many sets do you think, you, or how many reps do you think you had left in the tank, right? I think it had one rep left. I think I had two reps left. Well, you could actually make that as a training metric, which we do with the rating of perceived exertion or RPE scale, it's zero to 10. Yep. And what if you wanted someone to stay three reps off of failure? And because that's gonna be less fatiguing for them. And that's just where you are in your program for yep. that part of it. But they're coming in, they are a little tired. They get to that first weight and they're like, oh, I only have one rep left. Well, now you're just job from the just from the prehab perspective, just from the, not necessarily from the performance perspective, but from, I don't want to overly fatigue the system right now is to say, all right, well, maybe we need to draw that weight back a little bit. So it's that kind of, you're always in tune with it. You're always trying to say, here's the training stress that I'm trying to input right now in order to get a predictable response. And so we need to 
stay on top of that. And so we're always just kind of in this like give and take communication side of things in order to make sure that we do that, in order to make sure that we hold that where we want it. You could then, you know, then you're just going through the session. After you finish the session, you could say, hey, how hard was that session today overall? Zero to 10. And that's a metric that you can keep. We call that the session RPE. If we see people running into eight, nine, 10 out of 10s day in, day out, well, how sustainable is that going to yeah, be? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you probably want to have some, we're all pretty uh, familiar with the concept of light, medium, hard days. So you want to have some lighter days, you want to have some harder days, you want to have some medium intensity days. So if you rated that session as a whole zero to 10, and then you could say, all right, well, seven to 10 is hard, four to seven is medium, and one to three, one to four is easy. Oh, well, now I have a plot where I want to get if it's over, if it's getting way too hard for this person, then maybe that's time for a deload, maybe that's time to pull them back a little bit. Or if everything's been super easy, maybe it's time to push a little bit. I know that and we spoke about this a little bit on the plane as well. But we use these examples in the course that we run where we're talking about if you get a good coach that is familiar with these concepts of like RPE and volume and stuff, when you get a hard number on this, you can really get to know the person in front of you like the the, the amount of load that they can tolerate in a session in a week in a full month, and then sort of back it up from there, Clint will use the example of an athlete that he was working with when he was in the NRL, where they had his number dialed down so well that they could guarantee if he was going to get sick, get injured, something was going to happen, and it was going to impact on performance to within 50 units for the week. Wow. So they knew that by calculating that number, they needed to keep him within plus or minus 50 units. Otherwise, he wasn't going to perform at the game on the weekend. That's crazy. So, mate, just before we rock on, on the resilience side, you deal with a lot of elite athletes. And, Jake, I'm sure you do too in the States. Got a few. How do you actually set resilience levels with an elite athlete? Because there's two sides. There's one that's a little bit starstruck on the left. And on the right, you're thinking, well, if they're an elite athlete, they must already be at that level. So they're coming in to, you, to see you guys. How do you how do you set that with a, an elite athlete? I guess it's different for the both of us because I guess if they're going in to see you, they've Probably already admitted hurt. that they have a problem. Yep. Whereas yeah. if they're coming in to see me, they're... You do a lot with manly preseason and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, so I guess we're looking at it from a performance standpoint where everyone is kind of resilient and ready to go. Whereas Jake... So are you harping on the resilient side of the prehab in those early days with those guys? Are you... Definitely, yeah. Like a, a big part of their programs and the side that we don't get to look after is that everything else before they get to us is resilience, resilience, resilience. Yeah. So that when they can come in and see us, normally our goal with these guys is like we ask for the what what the goal focus of the session is going to be, what do they want us to do? Nine times out of the 10, they just say flog them. Like these boys need to work and they need to work. I'm sure hard. that's not in your seminar. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just flog them. Just, just flog them. That's, that was my training that I did years ago. So, so we so. get to those stages where they say that like these boys need to work. They are resilient and they are ready to go. So then we get the metrics in place for making sure that we're ticking the boxes on, well, what energy system do we need to work them in? You know, like let's get some specifics in place. It's, it's one thing just to say these boys need to work, but do they need to work for a long time? Do they need to work for a short time with minimal rest, a short time with longer rest? Do they need to work heavy under load or do they need to work in a cardio state? When we get that information in place, then we can figure out, well, this is how we're going to handle this elite athlete. And then you've got to take the starstruck side of it away, peel it back for what they are. And they are a human that needs to exercise. Yep. The only difference is that some of these humans are worth a lot more money than others. So you have to make sure that you tick every box along the way so that they don't end up in a position where they're not getting paid to play. Yep, nice. From my side of it, they're usually coming in already with an injury. They're mm -hmm. dealing with some sort of pain. So my goal is to make sure that they can get to him and that that area that was hurt can withstand what he's about to throw at them. So I'm coming at it from that rehab standpoint. Let's say that like here's your base capacity as a, a normal everyday you know person. Wade wants to take it this far, yep. but he's going to start here. Right now you're over here. My goal is to get you to that point. It's just a spectrum of whatever you are prepared for. Injury just sets you back and puts you on the couch a little bit. So my goal is to make sure that that thing is specifically ready to jump in to whatever workload that he's going to be working with. So that's why it's really important for us to be able to communicate. We need to be on the same page. We need to both understand what these metrics are because if he's going to be throwing somebody into a workload of let's say 2000 units a week and they're right now, I can then say, well, your adductor is only tolerating 600 units a week. Well, what do we need to do? Well, until you are handling 
that amount, that amount, then you're not quite ready to be sent over to him and jump into that program just yet. So we need to continue with your rehab process through. So we're all kind of keeping track of the same stuff. It's just, I'm managing a little more symptom. He's setting up more energy system development and getting people ready with these specific adaptations to go into play and perform at their highest level. And in Australia, are we using the same metrics? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. They, these are pretty much worldwide. And I guess the reason why we tend to use them is because most of the data that's out there and peer reviewed in literature and stuff is using these metrics. Yeah, because sets and reps don't follow the imperial system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, nice. Has that been 40, 50 minutes already? Wow. Wow. We're only like just on the first topic. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's always about Wade. I've got a little we girl's did. bladder. <laughs> <laughs> rehab 101. Why should a personal trainer, strength coach really care about rehab when there's allied professionals around that can deal with that? Let's, let's open that up. I'll start, but then I'm going to quickly throw it over to Jake because... I know that without a diagnosis, it's not a, it's not a PT's job. So Stay first they need to figure out what's going through. But once that happens to be the case, like we've spoken about before, a lot of it needs to be exercise selection and, and done in a gym. There's, there's very, so what I learned on the weekend was that passive treatment doesn't do quite as much for the long-term development of that person getting out of an injury as what active treatment can do. And active treatment is the exercise selection and things like that, that the PT is going to put into their program. And then I'll throw it over to Jake to talk more about the rehab side of things. Yeah, so as Wade alluded to there, when he talked about passive versus active treatment, and this is why I say active before passive, yep. because passive treatment's really just about reducing pain. Mm -hmm. And an active treatment can help reduce pain too. There's just a lot of ways to reduce pain. And a lot of the passive treatments out there, let's take chiropractic for an example, we don't move bones, we don't realign the spine, but it's a way to reduce symptoms, mm -hmm. to feel good. And massage and my, what we call myofascial release or foam rolling or all that stuff, it doesn't break adhesions in the fascia. They're there's no research to support that. And there's even research to show that it would take about 2000 pounds of pressure in order to deform your fascia by like 1%. Wow. So I'm going to step away from that stat. Yeah, so it does not us. change. <laughs> so it doesn't change a lot of physical stuff, but what it can do is it can alter the symptom. Like, you know, I, I give the example of like a kid scratches his elbow, you know, he scrapes it up, runs to his mom, his mom kisses it, kiss the boo-boo. And all of a sudden it feels better. Right. Obviously he didn't hurt from lack of kisses. Right. Well, I was going to be a smart ass and say, that's how you get 554,000. <laughs> <laughs> you kiss the boo-boo when you come in, but we won't go there. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, that's how you get 554 <laughs> patients. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you get referrals, God, right? No, no, no. But so what it happened there is you consoled him. You made him feel better. You gave him some warmth. There's human touch there. All that is going on in passive treatments. Okay. Yep. Okay. It's like, you know, a warm hug can sometimes make you feel better. Yep. Just not think thinking differently can make you feel better. So exercise for pain reduction. And let's say that we are prescribing those clamshells, three sets of 10, when it's not nearly enough to strengthen you. Well, what did it do? Because it obviously helps a lot of people. Well, maybe it built some confidence in you. Maybe it altered the sensation of the area by giving you a little muscle burn because we know that can happen. Maybe it made you just realize you're not broken and fragile and, you know, it built some self-efficacy and it put the yeah. ball back in your court. So you changed your perception of how you viewed your pain. So active can do all that. Now, sometimes somebody comes in, they're like, super, they have super high self-efficacy. They're like, no, I literally just want you to give me a massage so I can go hit the gym today. Maybe that's all they need, right? Maybe I don't need to give them anything else. Maybe that's exactly what they need right now. So as the role of like what the PT can do in rehab is one, you can find some ways to just help this person keep moving, help them keep their confidence, help them realize they're not fragile or broken and that they can maintain that self-efficacy and they can maintain you know, like just kind of moving on forward. While maybe what I'm doing is I'm trying to poke the bear a little bit more. I'm yeah. trying to feed into those symptoms a bit more and help desensitize them through some specific exercise selections. And I'm a little more focused on pulling things back and pushing things forward off of the symptoms. Whereas maybe what Wade's doing is saying, hey, let's work where we can work and let's do what we can do and find alternative options because I'm an expert in this and I know how to keep you strong. Because as we said earlier, the better you are going into say surgery, the better you are coming out. Well, yeah. the fitter you stay, 
the less chances you have of jumping back into training, you know, overloading you again and sending you back into like a flared up state. So we don't want that. We want you to stay strong. So I would say that while I'm, you know, over here poking the bear and trying to, you know, not piss things off and actually calm things down, he's over here trying to keep this person strong and moving and everything else. And that's invaluable to me as a clinician to have someone like that, that I can just say, oh yeah, no, like I trust Wade that he's going to be able to work with you and like your hamstring's going to be okay and your shoulder's going to be okay and we'll be able to keep doing our thing over here and he's going to take care of the rest. Nice. The referral system in Australia, man, is it, is it a direct referral or is it a client walks in and says, my chiro, my physio said I should do this? Is How's it working here? Uh, it differs case to case, at least for the guys that I work with, it's a, it's a direct referral. Yep. I think obviously in an ideal situation, it would be as we have it set up at, at the box where we've got treatment rooms within the gym and so our physios and massage and stuff are in-house yep. so I can just hold their hand and walk them straight in and then we get the session notes afterwards if it doesn't work that way which it doesn't for most gyms and they have external um, treatment facilities that their clients and stuff go to it has to be an open line of communication you know I would hope that for every client that goes and sees a healthcare professional that one of the first things that happens when that person walks out is that the session notes or the minutes from that session that are typed up get emailed to the coach who works with them I, I have no doubt that you would do mm -hmm. that with anyone you work Absolutely. with and anyone who's good does that just as I CC any healthcare professional who uh, we're sharing a client on into the program that gets written so that they're across on it and then at the finish of that program they can see the progress that they've made and then we can have a conversation again on where to from here that was four weeks what about the next four okay nice you guys um, want to chat about performance yeah, yeah. let's do it that's Wade's realm <laughs> I guess look performance is going to be the icing on the cake that's the point where we've got these people resilient yep. we've rehabbed them through injury if it was a process that needed to be gone through and now we're at a stage where we're working specifically on making this person achieve goals everyone's going to be different it doesn't matter whether they're an endurance athlete a strength athlete a power athlete a sport specific whatever it happens to be performance is going to be the it's entwined in everything that happens throughout the prehab process so that they are improving and, and performing but when we've got them at a stage where we know they're resilient that's where we start to push the envelope yep. and we can get things going like the hard sessions we spoke about with manly and the guys that come in here that that's what i would deem as performance mm -hmm. that's where these guys are robust robust, strong athletes that are being pushed to their limits to prepare them for game day. Mm. Do you deal a lot with Donnie in that area? Does he come in and check out what's going on and have a look? And for those you don't know, Donnie is the head of human performance at Manly. Yeah. So uh, Donnie Sins will basically always be in the session. He's hanging out there. at a chocolate box. Yeah. Like, whenever the boys Get out are of there. the box, yeah. Donnie. Get out. Go home. <laughs> he's in there. Doing, I think he's done something to his shoulder at the moment. So he's doing a lot of banded work actually at the moment. Yeah. The staff are always there because every, like it's the same thing with the treatment guys going back and forth. And I think it has to be that way such that everyone's got a finger on the trigger to know, okay, well this is what they just came out of i think point in case would be when they when the boys were in a couple of weeks ago just before the season started they would finish up with us but then they had a few hours off and then they had a field session afterwards so knowing that that's the case they got to make sure that these boys have refueled after that session so that they can get back on the field and perform they only had maybe a week and a half then before they could taper everything back down and then they start the season off in round one so that's where that side of things comes into it for performance on the other side of the coin i guess if you're coming at it from a powerlifting perspective like jake does performance is a primary goal throughout your entire prehab process yeah. isn't it yeah i mean so we set up something called performance markers or progression markers because we need to make sure that you are getting better so mm -hmm. i mean even through the rehab process we're looking for some increase in performance or what we call an increase in ability yep. right so whatever that marker is for you way it's being able to do a little bit more weight more reps with less symptoms run a little bit farther move a little bit faster Faster, right? We need to have that. We need to have that performance marker in there to show us that we are getting where we want to go to. So we need to know what is what's top end performance and what's current performance ability. So whether we're in the rehab process, whether we're training for health, whether we're training for anything sport, you know, we need to know kind of where are we going? We need to have some sort of roadmap forward so that we can then start to say, okay, well, what do I need right now? 
So if somebody's seeing me and they're more limited by symptoms, well, right now we need to get symptoms down so that you can then tolerate what we need you to do in order to create that adaptation to get stronger, faster, bigger, whatever it is that whenever we're in that phase. And then we you know we might move you through a strengthening phase once you're there, then we move you through a power phase, then we're getting into your cutting and your sport specific skills. And then you're going into practices and then it's matches, you know, all that goes into the performance. And this is why you really just, you can't can't disconnect any of these things, right? It's it's training the human. Yep. Like it's just training a human and you can't disconnect any of these components from one another. That is powerful. How'd you guys meet? Instagram. Instagram, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're um, not stalking people with over 500,000 followers, are you, Wade? He oh. slid in my DMs. Yeah, I did actually. <laughs> no, I had been watching Jake's stuff for a long time. I think like a lot of people in Australia had and noticed that he was moving around a lot of places, but definitely hadn't come to Australia yet and just reached out and said look I don't know if you've got any plans of coming over here but we would love to host you if you did and I think yeah. the timing was just perfect. Yeah, timing was great he I was looking to set something up he was the first one to reach out for setting something up in Sydney and so we were able to you know see the gym and I fell in love with the pictures of the gym immediately yeah, because cool isn't it, it's an amazing spot I've only fallen more in love with CBT since I went down <laughs> there I'm in love with like their entire philosophy behind how they're running everything their programming is just on point like shout out to them they're Thanks, doing it man. right down there yeah. Um, and I can wholeheartedly recommend them, which is great for me. So, uh, yeah, we just, he kind of slid and said, hey, I got a spot down here if you were interested in Sydney. And I absolutely was at the time because uh, the Aussies had been hounding me for about the a Aussies. year. <laughs> How good is it? Every Yang, it's always the Aussies. Uh, Aussies. Yeah. What a, yeah. So, Aussies. Aussies. Yeah. Aussies. See, it's like it's with a Z. With a Z. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. All right. So, see, there you go. It's the, the Texas in me starts to come. Yeah. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So your next Sydney at you guys is in October? Yeah, yep. so, so Jake's running October, what did we say, the 12th or 13th? Yeah, 12th yeah. 13th. If you guys want to keep on track here, it's at dr.jacob.harden. Obviously, you'll throw out on that platform when you're going to be in Australia so everyone can start. Or are they yep. going through Chocolate Box? How's that working? Uh, no, I have. you can always find the link in the bio right yep. up there on my Instagram. We'll stick it at the bottom of bodyscience.com.au forward slash podcast. But, mate, um, I, I really enjoyed that. I'm, uh, I might even come in to the one in October and have a listen because it really fascinates me the whole prehab word i know it's probably something that's being touched in the industry in a way already but to actually put a focus on that and look at that i think that's where the industry needs to go oh, i really enjoyed that you're yeah, welcome to come was yeah. great happy was to really have you cool. that was good mate so chocolate box is always on the hunt for new education new programs and you know keeping the industry going what have you guys got coming up uh we've got our programming computerization courses running at the moment and who'd care about that what type of person are we talking here look that's targeted mainly at the same demographic as jake so yep. look, we're looking at industry professionals uh and athletes so whether they and athletes so pt strength coach athletes and and allied health type allied people. health yep. yeah nice so they'll be running uh we've got act on the 13th of april yep and then we've got melbourne on the 18th of may nice Nice. So how did your last trip overseas go with your crew? Last time you were up here, you were taking someone over to... Oh, we did Oka. We did... No, no, Kokoda has... Oh, Everest Base Camp. Is yes. We did. Yeah, yeah. No, how did Ever, that go? Yeah, killed it really well. One of the girls got altitude sickness, though, really bad. Terrible. Yeah, and she was the fittest by country mile, so... So she'd done enough prehab? Heaps. It just <laughs> happened to me that she... Well, altitude sickness is a cruel Oh, mistress. yeah, that's massive. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Unless so, you're training at it, you're not going to... That's it. And like we're sea level, like where we are, same yeah. as you guys, so... You, you can't get any of that. No, there's no knowing what's going to happen there. No, but you can't surf at altitude either, so there you go. Well, there you go, so I'll probably never go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to worry about that one. <laughs> Lovely having you guys on. Jacob, anything to say to our Australian listeners? Like you want to throw a message out there and obviously we want people to jump on and follow you on Australia and, and learn more about where it's all at. Uh, well, mainly I just want to say thank you guys for having me over here because this has my, been my first trip over to Australia and I got to say that everyone has just been so welcoming to me. I've gotten so many just messages online telling me like this is the best place you should go eat here's where you got to grab a coffee yeah, that's cool. and you know it's you know just a very warm welcoming people and you've made my first trip over here very very good and i am very appreciative of that so thank you to all the australian listeners out there thank you to my australian base um and i can't wait to come back and see you guys again nice we might get you guys on again in october when you come over if we can i know i kept it very simple for you guys and i kept pulling it back to a basic level like what is prehab maybe dig a bit deeper next time I'll 
time. Come out, to the, come out to the course, get a full understanding, and we'll jump back up here yeah, and do another one. Have a great chat. Perfect. Love it. Thanks, boys. No worries. Right, Thanks, thank Greg. You. Today's podcast was brought to you by our partners in Fit, Happy, and Healthy, ASN, Nutrition Warehouse, DY Discount Vitamins, Fat Burners Only, Evelyn Fay, Mr. Supplement, or find a retailer online at bodyscience.com.au forward slash retailers.